0: Everyone, you are now listening to New York City Playmaker Podcast, hosted by yours truly, KJ Stroud. New York City Playmaker Podcast is a podcast geared towards current and former New York City football players, parents, and coaches. Here you will get some of the best football stories, including how some have achieved their goals, overcame adversity, and even a perspective from parents and coaches. In the semifinal round of the PSAL playoffs, some great matchups took place over the weekend. Some, cor- some programs will be advancing to the championship, while others will be packing their helmets away until next season. Meanwhile, those 2020 seniors will be concluding their high school careers. Again, I can't stress the importance of taking advantage of this time, promoting yourself, and getting in contact with those college coaches. Making sure you're taking care of the things that you can control, like the NCAA clearinghouse, SAT scores, and making sure that GPA is right. You definitely don't want to miss out on the opportunity because of grades or not having the NCAA courses taken care of. But let's jump right back into the semifinals. In the semifinals, we had Tottenville beating Lincoln 45-24, while the defending champions beat Curtis 25-0. In the bowl, we had Newtrick beat Port Richmond 33-0, while Tilden beat loses to Madison 22-6. Facing off in a city championship December 4th, we got Tottenville facing the defending champions Erasmus Hall, while in the bowl championship, we got New Utrecht facing Madison on November 30th. It's like a gift and a curse when your season comes to an end. It's because you got to transition your mind and gear towards back towards your academics, and then you also get a head start on next year's season for those underclassmen. There's so many different outlets that I think that you know d- you know kids in New York City can uh, take advantage of. There's so many programs, there's so many good quality coaches out there that teach you know their techniques whether it be positional training, whether it be strength and conditioning, whether it be speed training, there's so many different outlets for kids to improve their game. Uh, one of the things my coach said to me when I was in college is if your if your weakness is still your weakness at the start of next season you wasted your entire offseason, season. So for those guys who, uh, you know, wanna take their game to the next level and, you know, looking to be ahead of the competition, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, ways you can improve. I know that there's uh, one of my buddies, uh, CJ at Turn 2 Fitness. You can uh, hit up on Instagram and find a way to incorporate, you know, his strength and conditioning and speed training into your schedule. Um, One of my other buddies, Dave Legree, he has a a quarterback skills training academy. We got my uh, JV head coach, Nooch Carr, who has line of scrimmage for offensive lineman training. Jamal Shelters, who offers uh, running back training at Game Changers Academy. Uh, And actually, bringing bringing something new and different to Brooklyn, we got Wayne Morgan bringing lights out performance. So, I mean, there's so many different ways, you know, for guys who want to improve and step their game up. Oh, And also, let me not forget my man Todd Battle. He does a good job in, uh, in Ed Lee Jr. And, and um, Trayvon Reed, who does, you know, a phenomenal job with the DB movement. There's so many different outlets. Again, there's so many different outlets for ways and ways for guys to get better. It's just a matter of you just being consistent with what you're doing and then going out there and just doing it. Right, you know, so many guys want to jump into workouts and say, "Hey, I'm training with this person, I'm training with that person." But I think you get the most from, you know, off-season training by by just being consistent. You know, consistency is how you improve on your flaws and you and you make change, right? You can't you can't be one of those, you know, people who go for one week and then you, and then you stop going. You got to be consistent. You got to, you know, trust the process. You got to be willing to grind and just, you know, Stay the course, and um, I think that's how you you know you make those gradual improvements. And at some point during the line, down the line, you peak and you're you're ready to perform. So when you go into those college camps and you go into all those uh you know Nike uh, combines and you know university camps during you know next year, you're not a newbie. You don't feel like everything's foreign. You feel comfortable because you've been prepping, you've been preparing, right? you got to look at these opportunities that you have when it comes to showing your talent as that one time impression so how do you become you know prepared for those opportunities you prepare during your off season you prep for those so if you got a a combine or or a showcase coming up in in uh in May you should prep well i mean May 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 through the summer you should prep between those you know those months ahead well in January and February. So when you go to these camps, you're out there flourishing and, and and you're not, you know, a step behind or you've never worked on a square break, you've never worked on a forty-five degree cut, you gotta take advantage of the off season. It's time that you can never ever get back. These are you know, this is a time where you could get bigger, faster, stronger, you get you become more flexible, you become more of a student of the game. The off season is created for guys to take advantage of their flaws and turn them into positives, and also for any receivers out there that you know that's interested in you know training my my training academy Playmakers Academy uh, it will start up in January 2020. Uh, you could also check out the website at oneplaymakersacademy.com. You can go check it out. Got a whole bunch of you know clickables and a whole bunch of things. The schedule should be posted soon. But um, definitely, definitely take advantage of just all the outlets, not just mine, just all the outlets out there in New York City, because again, you can never have too much knowledge and you can never over-prepare. There's no such thing as over-preparing, so most most definitely take advantage of, of everything that's out here. It's, it's, it's here for your reach, and it's all about you going out there and go getting it. This next guest on New York City Playmaker Podcast is a former New York City Defensive Player of the Year. Currently playing on the banks of the Old Raritan Rutgers football starting defensive back Christian Isian. What's going on, Chris? What's going on,
1: KJ? How you doing?
0: I'm good, brother. How's, how's everything going?
1: Everything's going pretty good. Can't complain.
0: So for those first time for, for those first time listeners, just introduce yourself, your name,
1: where you're from. Yeah, uh, my name is Christian Isian Jr. I'm from um, Auburn, New York, or Rockaway, New York.
0: What was it like growing up in Far Rockaway? How, what was it like growing up in New York City, right? Cause there's so many different areas. So let's talk about growing up in New York City and then let's talk about growing up in Far Rockaway.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, New York is a big place So um, Just growing up in New York in general, you know how it is, you gotta be tough, you gotta be gritty, you know what I'm saying? You gotta go get yours no matter what. But, um, you know, just, you gotta always stay on the right track, you know, and that's the whole thing. You know, plan if you got a plan, you always wanna be on the right plan and stuff like that. So living in New York, and living in Farrakhan, particularly, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of negative things around you that that just surround you. You can get caught into, but it's all, it's up to you ultimately just to uh, feed out of that stuff and make sure you stay focused on the stuff that you have
0: planned for your future. Word, because I already know there's so many distractions, there's so many different things that you could get caught up in. Being in the city, I'm just happy to hear that uh, you you didn't you know fall hands to any of that. What youth program did you play for growing up? So uh, from six years old to thirteen years old, I played for the in jazz Benjamin Queens. Okay, and then yeah. th- that was the only program you played for, because you know a couple of guys. Yeah, done... the program, yep, also 13. Yep, 13. Oh yeah, man, you're, you're a loyal one, because I, you know, I've come across football players all the time that jump around from different teams. But I see you stuck around one place. What was, you know, what was that experience like playing you football? Like, were you just someone straight out of the gates, good, or were you like one of those players that developed throughout the course of each level?
1: I mean, you know, funny enough, um, my older brother, he played there for his youth years. So just watching him go in there, playing, uh, watching him play and stuff like that, running around the park. You know, um, I was those first kind of uh, one of my coaches, uh, my first coach when I was seven years old, Coach Moody. He just see me always running around the field, playing with the ball and stuff. And my little friend, he's like, you know, what, Michelle, my mom, he would say, you know, you should bring him out to play football. That kid's fast. He got some speed on him. So that, that's what was started at all.
0: So right from there, you already kind of like fell in love with the game from, from you know, just at a young age, I'm assuming.
1: Oh, yeah. I fell in love with the ball in my hand, for sure.
0: <laughs> so when you finished playing youth football, I'm sure you were a dude and you had guys, you know, gunning after you. What was mm-hmm. that process like when it came down to you deciding what high
1: school you was going to attend? Yeah, um, like this from like seven to eight grade, you know, just making the decision of what high school I wanted to go to and I never was really too sure. I just know I wanted to go somewhere where it was, you know, a diverse community, of course. Somewhere different than what I've seen growing up, like in middle school or predominantly black schools and stuff like that. So I to get a diverse bunch, and ultimately I ended up choosing St. Francis Prep, which is in First Little Queens.
0: Okay, so so you had so your family had like a checklist. Like, was there like uh you know programs that you were looking for when it came from? A, I mean, from an educational standpoint, like was it like you know a certain checklist that your mom might have had that you that she felt like you needed. You know, as far as, you know, when you were making that transition, you know, picking your high school?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, my mom, she's always heavy. My mom and my father both heavy on academics growing up. So that was always a must and choosing where I was in high school. But then they also wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I have a successful football, uh, you know, as well. So um, making that decision, St. Francis Pratt gave me the best of both worlds. Right.
0: So yeah, I know I know a little bit about your story and your journey. I know you played in uh, the Catholic School High School League. You played in Big, you know, New Jersey's Big North, and you concluded your high school career in the PSAL. What was the experience like in each three of those leagues?
1: Well, each of those leagues, yeah, I, I had a little journey in high school for sure. Just, um, just you know, being able to adapt to three different places, three totally different places as far as community, as far as the people you playing with, as far as people you playing against. Um, I would definitely say playing in Catholic League it told me that the fundamentals of playing um high school football playing right. freshman injury ball there won the championship breaking school records all that stuff it just told me you know first be humble because there's people always looking around you looking up to you and stuff like that so I making a transition so going to Jersey it was humbling very humbling I actually playing against people that was if not better than me or just as good as me right. every week and I'm out so just adapting to that knowing that you know you have to you have to show up every week if you want to get noticed. Um, At my junior year, and then going into my senior, year, and you all you know just solidifying my my status. I'm the man. Where I have to go, where I go? I have to be a top dog for people. That's the that's the status that people have for me.
0: So, in a nutshell, you you played in the Big North. You played against some dudes. You played in tough, hostile environments. I'm sure up in mm-hmm. Jersey, I could say the same for when you played in uh, in New York City PSAL. When did you feel like your high school career was beginning to peak?
1: Yeah, uh, I would definitely say my peak. Um, between that, that course of my, I want to say, really, my, my junior year and my senior year, um, that transition from the Big North. Because, you know, being in New York City, not, a lot of people undermined it. That they think it's softball, whatever it is that, you know, it's not real ball. So just being able to go to Jersey and dominate my game as well, show people that I'm just not I'm not an average kid from New York City playing against other New York City kids. We never play against these top dogs in Jersey. Right. Making you know, over first, second team or third team, whatever other stuff is, you know, exactly that the the season show people that I'm not a fluke. So I right. would definitely say end of the junior year season to my senior season.
0: Was it like a, a highlight moment or like a best game or you would just say like the two years in general just was just like that year where you
1: felt like I'm that dude. Oh yeah, definitely. I would definitely say my highlight game. It was just it was just been in my, my junior year. I would definitely say that I played against like, you know, the top ranked teams in the country, not just in Jersey, the country. Teams like Britain Catholic, Rams Catholic, uh schools like that, you know, just, just dominating against those teams having putting up big numbers scoring touchdowns. Um stuff like that. I would that was real, you know, the you know, peak of my of my high school career.
0: Now playing in that league and playing against some of the top talent across the country in the big north. What made you feel like, you know, making that transition, you know, back home to the PSAL? Like what, what made that, you know, what made you change your mind
1: to, you know, wanting to come back home? Um, you know, ultimately there was a lot of things that changed my mind in going back home for my senior year. Um, especially, you know, just being away from my family for that one year, um, commuting back and forth, week in and out. It was a lot for me and my family personally. Um, I just wanted to be able to come home somewhere I was comfortable be able to focus on my academics as well as my athletics. So just as far as my family, be comfortable with me and, you know, me ultimately being able to enjoy my senior year and be my last year in high school.
0: Nice. So as you made a name for yourself throughout New York City, I'm sure you had a recruiting process just like any other athlete. Mm-hmm. What was that experience yep. like being recruited by, you know, different universities?
1: Yeah, um, you know, the recruiting process really started for me about my junior year. I would say um, after my junior season, I was getting some, you know, some interest from in some coaches that were coming in out of school to check on me, um, asking how I'm doing stuff like that, school, academics. My um, um, junior year, I would say, like, that's where I would take my visits and stuff like that. So there was a lot of overwhelming things going on there at that time. Um, I really I didn't feel like that I was being exposed enough, though, my junior year. And I feel like um, I would have to turn up and not supposed to be my senior year to be able to get the school's interest I was looking for. Right.
0: What were some of the things that you felt like? Uh you know, where you were get where you weren't getting uh you know the exposure. Like what what would make you say like you know you felt like you needed to do to get the the necessary attention needed? Was it something that you felt like you needed to do, or was it something that you know you felt like coaches were just missing
1: out on because of where you were? Um, I would definitely say a little bit of both. Um, you know, as you know, just, you could always go around somewhere with a five ten five one eighty five bowler, but you always have to think about the long term too, like are these people gonna be able to play on Saturdays against the top, you know, players in the country of course. And I feel like I was I was doing a lot. I was doing the right thing to put myself in that position to be that one a player, but I feel like I could definitely do more to show my versatility, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball. And you know, I also I also felt like my career was going a little bit under, under the radar because of my lack of exposure which also was also was the reason why I decided to come back to New York City.
0: So when you decided on Rutgers, what were some of the reasons why you felt it was a good pick for you?
1: Um, yeah, definitely just being able to, you know, obviously play home in front of my parents. You know, they they try to get everything they can and bring as many people out all the support system that I have. Being able to come home, you know, the holidays, like Thanksgiving tomorrow, stuff like that. Being able to commute, being close reach with them. Um, Rutgers is also in the top you know academic program in the country. So that was a no-brainer for me and my family and just ultimately being somewhere where I'm comfortable. You know, I, I know players on the team already from playing in high school or whatever i live nearby, by. So that was just a win-win for me.
0: Do you feel like you entered college, you know, prepared academically, athletically, or do you feel like, you know, you were a bit behind?
1: Um, I would definitely say I, I, I was prepared for high school. I mean, am sorry, I was prepared for college academically. I'm um, just being in like these, these Catholic environments of the high schools, um, the academics is very, like, you know, they're rigorous. So. They, they boosted up a lot. They they show us things that we're gonna be expecting to see in college and things like that. So definitely prepared academically. Um, as far as my transition from defensive back, i from receiver to defensive back. I would say you know my I needed a lot of development going into college. I only playing DB one year, so um, athletically I definitely needed to develop it.
0: What would you say was the biggest adjustment? You know, playing in New York City and then in, entering college. You know, what was like the biggest adjustment
1: to the game? Um, just actually being a student of the game, just learning the ins and outs of actual, actual football, not just lining up and playing against the person in front of you, but knowing the ins and outs of why they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing it, um, just being a student of the game set.
0: So if you don't mind, for like, you know, some, you know, some young player that might, you know, check out your episode, can you go into depth a little bit about what it means,
1: like, to learn the game? Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as being a safety, just learning – learning things as far as splits, like the split of what formation it is. As a safety, it's your job to know what formation it is and make sure all your teammates know what formation it is because a, formation, some, a certain formation needs a certain play. And, and the, the, the more you narrow that down, be able to know what formation it gives give you a, chance, a better chance to know what play it is. So there's learning things like what the tight end is doing or what key is he giving you. Um, things like that will just help your game elevate, let you play faster. Your eyes yeah, won't lie to you. That's what my coach always tells me. So, being being able to read your keys and knows what, what your job is post snap and making the quarterback work post snap is a win for you, and that helps you play faster in college football.
0: Right. I think you know. I think so many times you know high school athletes or just athletes in general think the game is so so physical, but at the same time, I think it's more physical than it is actually. You know, yeah, I think it's more mental than it is you know than it is physically. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that being said, I know you redshirted your first year in the college. What, what was it like redshirting? Do you feel like that year was beneficial towards where you are today?
1: Um, I, I, I love my redshirt year, actually. Um, I would not regret it at all. I think my redshirt year was my, my most beneficial year. I feel like it gave me the chance to be able to grow as a, as a student of the game, but also as, a, as an athlete playing the position. Um one things like where the you know, boys are ahead of me is I played behind uh, like 50 or seniors and stuff like that. So they, they've been playing college for five years. They've they seen it all by them. So right. they show me the ins and of the position, like what I should be looking at, what I should be expecting when I see this or what I see that. So, and then I, I, I played on the scout team for what I want to say eight, nine games of the season. after my first four games. So, what was that like? Yeah, the scout team. Like, you know, a lot of people that they'll say, you oh, know, you're the scout team, whatever the scouting is the best thing for someone who's developing as a player, I feel, because you playing against the starting of offense every week, or if you're on defense, you playing against the starting of offense, or whatever it is, playing against the ones that's playing in the game every Saturday is the best look you can get. Um, being able to uh, to see how physical they play, being able to see how they, they make their checks, and how QB makes his reads, and all that stuff. That helped me develop as a player. Mm.
0: See, that's big, because I think, you know, most, most uh you know, Freshmen that go in, they get discouraged, right? They tank as soon as they're they're told, you know, they're red shirt, and I think they feel like, you know, embarrassed in a sense. But yeah, again, no, uh, definitely not. again, I definitely that's definitely not something I think uh, any athlete should be uh, ashamed about. Anytime I think you get to take a a year, not necessarily a year off, but a year to step back and really examine the whole product. I think that's actually beneficial. Anytime you get to just step step back and just learn. What was a day? Exactly. To, what was a day to day like for you
1: as a when, when you redshirted? Um, day to day was just you know wake up in the morning, you know go to go to my book check. I having have in the morning um, if I had class in the morning. It was one or two classes. Go to my classes or have tutor. Go to tutor. You know, get in at one thirty for meetings. Um, just go through the what, what the scout team needs to look at for the offense so we can help them give them a good look Right. they can be successful on Saturday. Um. You know, getting ready to practice, practice two and two and a half hours, just going hard on practice, being able to, you know, because there's always people watching you, people know, there's people who's grading the scouts to see if they're going hard. Right. So they bring their coach know they get opportunities, so everything college is earned, so just going hard every week, people, coaches notice you, they see you're going hard and stuff like that, so just, you always going hard and you always know people watching you daily, so.
0: So right now you got 67 tackles on the year, 42 solo, and uh, three pass breakups. Your last two outings you've been big for you against Michigan against Michigan State. You had 10 tackles against Ohio State. You had 11. What would you say has led to your success on the field?
1: Um, just my preparation, I would say, definitely my preparation. Just like you said before, it's, it's just a, a mental game, probably more of a mental game than a physical game, and just being able to wake up in the morning and right well, before I go to sleep at night, turning at the iPad on, watch film with my opponent, look at their tendencies, the things they do, the things they do when they planning on doing something, just like really studying, not just watching film, but studying a particular person or a particular key that you need to be successful for that week. And I think that personally helped me these last couple of weeks of, of playing against these, these superior opponents, obviously. But being able to, to match up very well, to sometimes even dominate them, because I watch so much film and I'm so into mm-hmm. it, I, I see. That if I know it, if I know as it is, then I'm going to be successful.
0: So, when it comes to your preparation throughout the week, what are some of the things you you need to do to get yourself mentally prepared so you could go out there on Saturdays and just fly around? Um, you know,
1: definitely to get prepared, like I'm, I'm I'm very big on just relaxing. I'm I, I like relaxing. When I do get my opportunity to relax, just relax and watch film. Um, listen to some music, um, just turn, on some, turn on some good music, good vibes, and just mentally sit there and lock in, go through each formation, go through each call we have, played there for a week, and put yourself in that position to play that call throughout that formation. You know, just ultimately, like, give you one step ahead of the uh, open side of the ball. Right. All
0: right. So I know Rutgers has a great history of uh, putting a lot of DBs in the league. Do you see yourself being a part of the, that trend, hopefully, down the line? I mean, as long as I stay
1: on course and I stay focused as I should be, and I definitely do see myself going down that
0: course. Who's your favorite player right now in the league that you love, that you like checking out, whether it's offensively, defensively? Who's just your dude that you, uh, when you turn on a film and you see him, you're like, you know, trying to find ways to incorporate some of the things that that person might do into your own game?
1: Yeah, um uh all society, you know, it's the most exciting player to watch I see right now in the league. I mean everybody sees it. Lamar Jackson and just how, how confident he plays in his game and how, you know, all his doubts were coming into the league, of him playing a receiver, a quarterback, things like that, him, you know, proving people wrong, stuff like that, just just being confident in your ability and trusting what you what you believe in and doing that. Um I would say defensively, um, I love I really love watching Jamal Adams. Um I actually watched he had a video out just to break down how to watch film, how you should be watching film, how you watch the film. And after watching that video, just being able to watch him play on Saturdays and watch how physical he is and the temp of in detail, he, he really helped me elevate my game as well.
0: What's one thing that you say you take pride in when someone turns on
1: your film?
0: What's one thing that someone will say, you know, Christian Isian is a, is a what?
1: Uh, Christian Isian is definitely a hard worker. He plays aggressive every snap. I would definitely say every time I turn that field, it's not going to snappy to me like or all, all open around the field. I'm going hard every single snappy.
0: So before we wrap up this interview, Thanksgiving's tomorrow. What's on your plate? Which What must you have?
1: Uh, I have to have my candy in. I have to have my candy in for sure. Definitely. That's what's up. Candy in.
0: Again, Chris, thank you for taking the time up to talk to me. I know somebody's gonna get better from your message. You definitely hit some, you know, some crucial points, and um, I want to m- wish you and your family a great, safe holiday. Uh, hopefully, I get to see you sometime, you know, during the off season. It's always good to see, uh, you know, hardworking guys like yourself that I had the opportunity to cross paths with, cross paths with, throughout uh, their training careers, and just, you know, wish you all the best of luck, bro. And I want you to cl- close out the season. On a high note, I know you guys finished away with Penn State. Go out there and dominate. You know, just go out there and make plays, man.
1: I appreciate it, KJ. Thanks for having me on.
0: No problem, brother. Have a good night. You as well. Later. This is Coach KJ coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. For all those listening, have a safe and great Thanksgiving, and I'm out. Peace.